Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you too for being with us and in us to do all things necessary today. And uh, Lord, let your word come forth and let your saints understand and take your warnings in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to continue with uh, Great Shakings Bring Man-Child Revival Number five. And we're going to do just a tiny bit of repeat here to, because it fits really well with what we're going to share. Uh, and we call this earthquakes and receding waters as the Lord comes in the man-child reformers. I received this text. It points out that when the Lord comes in Judah... As the man-child, the waters recede. Psalm 114, 1-8 uh, When Israel went forth out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. The Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the hills the little hills like lambs. So we're talking about the presence of the Lord causing earthquakes and the sea to flee away. He, Judah became his sanctuary. Mm -hmm. What aileth thee, O thou sea, that thou fleest? Thou Jordan, that thou turnest back? Ye mountains, that you skip like rams, ye little hills like lambs, tremble thou, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turneth the rock into a pool of water. In other words, gives provision where there is normally none. The flint into a fountain of waters. Our rock, Jesus Christ, too, is giving us a, the living waters. And then I received this about a witness showing the Gulf waters receding at least a half a mile. Looked more like a mile to me, at least. Out of Tampa Bay and Coral Bay and other areas uh, for over 12 hours. I believe that this was a physical sign of a spiritual happening described in uh, the revelation that we're going to share. Okay, um, and uh, we'll call that other revelation uh, Two Tsunamis of Judgment. And this is from Kolya, 2.8.22. In the past couple of months, there have been several earthquakes in the sea or offshore in various nations triggering tsunami warnings. 
Each time a warning of this kind of threat went out to the public, I was reminded of a dream which was followed by a rhema word given to me from the Lord on January the 1st and 2nd of the year 2015. Let me share the dream with you first, and then I will share the rhema which was released to my uh, readership during that first week of 2015. I think you will quickly see the relevance the relevance of uh, these words in present day following the rhema, I will make a few comments. Okay, here's the dream slash vision, New Year's Day, January the 1st, 2015. This dream or night vision that I was given came to me in a very sharp clarity It has remained deeply imprinted upon my mind and in my spirit. As the vision began, I was standing on the beach, facing out upon an unidentified ocean. It looked peaceful and very beautiful. The sky was blue with no sign of trouble on the horizon. And within a short time, I noticed the seawater ebbing away from the shoreline, as if the tide was going out. However, in this case, the water kept going out until the floor of the sea was plainly visible for a great distance from the beach. Previously, under sea, uh, the beautiful shells were now plainly exposed along with the beautiful reefs. There was also trash and refuse uh, piled up on the exposed sand floor as well. It was surreal to see it. And very quickly the people rushed from the beach onto the seafloor to pick up and now the now exposed treasures. They only saw an opportunity to have some unique fun and to acquire some readily obtainable prosperity from the now exposed collectibles. No one seemed to uh, question why the water had departed, nor consider if there was any danger associated with this phenomenon. I was keenly aware that such a departure of ocean water from the shoreline was a very bad sign, one indicating an incoming tsunami. It is as if a plate filled with water was tipped to the left, removing the water from the right side, and when it tipped back to the right, it would bring a high wall of water rushing back to that side, spilling across the edge of the plate. The phenomenon that we were observing was clearly the forewarning of an incoming tsunami arising from a shift in tectonic plates somewhere on the earth. Surely the retreating seawater was the result of an earthquake which may have taken place some distance away. At some point, uh, sooner or later, the water would come rushing back inland, potentially as a tall, massive wave of destruction that would overspill onto the land. 
I immediately began to shout to the people, telling them to move out of the sea floor and away from the beach. They must quickly and immediately、uh, run to higher ground, far away from the shoreline. Some listened and some ignored the warning. As I shouted, I moved very quickly to high ground. Once high above the shoreline, I looked back towards the sea. At that moment, I observed that indeed a tsunami swell was moving quickly towards the land. I continued to shout urgently to those on the beach below. Some finally noted the incoming water and began to run inland. Some just wanted to linger to gather more treasures. Within moments, the swell broke into a tall, crested wave, many feet high. It crashed onto the beach, washing away those who had ignored the warnings. Oh gosh, I believe many warnings went out, and people are still ignoring them. Anyway, those who had delayed but finally ran for high ground became drenched and battered by the water, but many managed to survive. Well, I believe this first wave of destruction is the vaccine deaths, which are mounting in the many millions now,、uh, and even a couple of billion sick from this same thing. Um, because it has been covered up by the mainstream media, the water of the COVID threat seemed to ebb, but now it is coming back in a huge wave of death. And we know, of course, that the COVID is not the the danger. The COVID is、uh, the the vaccine is the danger, and of course they let us into that trap, right? So she went on to say,、uh, "Then, within the vision, I had the sense that a period of time had passed, and I don't know how much time. Just a guess I got. I think it's going to be next year when this next one comes. I was again on the same beach with gentle waves lapping up at my feet. Again, I noticed the water moving out away from the shore." Immediately, I raised a call of alarm to the people, telling them to run quickly to high ground. If they were to avoid being overcome by an incoming tsunami that would soon come, well, I believe that the coming wave is a nuclear and biological world war、um, to take many more lives. As I turned to retreat to high ground, the Holy Spirit told me not to run. Instead, He instructed me to go into the water, facing outward, while floating on my stomach. He wanted me to allow my body to be carried out to sea with the outgoing tide. Strangely, I was unafraid. I did as he had instructed, and after I was at a great distance from the shore, I felt my body rising with the mounting surge of water. Somehow, I was turned around to face inland, and instantly felt the swell of water rise to a great height. 
as the wave began to crest. Immediately I was on my feet, riding on the top of the tsunami wave as if I was a skilled surfer without a surfboard. The height of the wave took my breath away. I felt the power of it moving inland at tremendous speed. I shouted to the people from that high position, warning them to run inland into high ground. Many ignored me or were frozen in place by fear. And those who had been soaked but had survived in the first tsunami were quick to run. Some had actually begun running as soon as the seawater began to ebb away. They had learned to read the signs of incoming disaster. So there's the (laughs) silver lining in that cloud, right? As I rode the wave, my heart began to break for those below who would drown. This wave was so much bigger and would go much further inland than the first one had done. In the midst of my thoughts of grief, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, It is necessary for this to happen. A great cleansing and sorting must take place. The defilement and the rebellion have been building up unchecked for too long. Yes, the Lord is in control of all disasters. He knows what must happen. He knows how to impress people and give them the fear of the Lord. Idolatry has stolen the hearts of my children. Ride the wave and be prepared to serve me in the renewed world that this flood will bring about. I am the one who carries you. I am the one who will sustain and prosper you. Be at peace and ride this out for my purposes. Instantly, the giant wave devoured those who had remained on the shore as well as those who had gone up uh, to sufficiently high ground. Um, Structures were being shattered beneath me in a great roar as I continued to ride the wave. The tsunami rushed on, covering whole cities and engulfing foothills. Those hiding in caves perished, and finally the speed of the wave slowed down. The height of the wave began to lower until it safely, gently deposited me on the top of a high mountain. And as the water receded, it carried away uh, all sorts of defilement, stench, and filth. Many people were swept away as well. But many survived because of immediate obedience, which had followed reading the signs accurately. Everything remained was now clean and fresh, as if it had been given a new beginning. The sun came out, and we began to build beautiful new structures. There was a sense of relief, joy, and hope. Our world had changed for the better after the tsunami had done its work. The dream ended. So here comes the rhema that followed this. 
dream. And this was in January on January the 2nd, 2015, and it was given to Kolya, 3 p.m. Be silent before me. The noise of the world is becoming louder. Silence yourself from the inner noise and turmoil. Come away from the distraction and withdraw into rest. Of course, we know walking by faith is the rest, right? The day is coming, and even now is, here, for my servants to attend to my voice as never before. You are correct in saying that obedience is my high calling in this hour. But how can one obey without taking the time to hear the commands? Throw off the concerns and uncertainties. Move away from the things that entice and summon your flesh into indulgence. The road is not hard if you abide in the high ground of the Spirit. Israel, Israel, I am calling to you that you might know me. How can you possibly withstand the challenges that you will face unless you cry out to me for help? Men are making plans. They are formulating false solutions and strategies. Well, let me say, Israel, Israel here is a type of the church uh, who are circumcised in heart and not in flesh. That's what the Bible says. So, um, believe that just as Israel had to be brought through disasters to return to the fear of the Lord, that the church will too. Because everything that happened unto them happens to the church. Okay, the history repeats. She went on to say, These things will, will fail unless I have created the notions and given them into the minds and hearts of my people. The horrors that have been sent in the past year are just a foretaste of what soon will cover the earth. Well, I would say those horrors represent, you know, the vaccines that are killing multitudes. Only the words of authority spoken by my own will be able to impact the tide of death and horror that is coming. Just as I could not bless the rebelliousness of my people in ancient days as they went about serving idols and ignoring my word in their choice for rebellion, I cannot bless individuals and nations who do those things now. My longing is to bless, but I will be denied that opportunity in the lives of those who will play the harlot with the world system. So, of course, there is um, God's people who warn and pray and believe God for those who have to live through this thing to uh, grow up and mature in Christ. Okay? She went on, Terror threats will increase and they will invade the nations which now seem to be safe from their touch. Islam may be the sword which is being used, but know that the doorway which is giving this evil an opportunity to enter is idolatry and rebellion. So uh, Islam, of course, represents um, 
the the seed of Abraham who have rebelled and constantly fought against Israel, Israel, right? And uh, we can see those people out there, not necessarily naturally speaking, but spiritually speaking. There are many Islamics that are fighting against uh, the people of God. So we have to see in the spirit here, not in the flesh. She went on to say, My word has been laid aside by this nation and by every nation which once claimed me and my word as their foundation. What was once known as a nation of the Bible is now known as a nation tolerant of every false belief and a facilitator for every known rebellion and perversion, all to honor the false gods of self-indulgence and self-determination, the lawless. They are all lawless in that they have thrown down my law and created laws pleasing to human flesh and to hell. Human conventions and standards are now largely devoid of my input of righteousness. How long should I tolerate this rebellion and this insult against my authority? For the sake of the remnant and for the sake of the ripening harvest, I have delayed the full blows. What you have seen in the disasters of recent years is merely a slight brush of my hand against your world. Who shall be able to endure the full striking blow when it is delivered to bring the necessary course corrections? Hmm... Wow, that doesn't sound like the peace and prosperity of the New Age people are putting out there at all. Well, and the wicked have to be turned. They have to see that there are um, they are going to reap what they have sown. This is the only thing that returns the fear of the Lord to men. Come into my hand now. Come into my shelter, little ones. Listen to my voice and learn the strategies for overcoming that will sustain your lives and the lives of those you love. When your financial currency dissolves, my spiritual currency deposits uh, deposited in your possession will make you rich. I don't want you to merely survive the difficult days ahead. I want you to ride them. You will not be able to stop them any more than you could stop an incoming tsunami wave to the shore. If you are facing the direction from which the wave is going to arise, you will notice the swell and climb on its back before it breaks into a devastating wave. While others want to stay on shore or play in the water or sand, you must come out from there into the deep water. Don't be afraid of drowning. Don't be afraid that you will be carried away in a riptide. If I call you out into the deep, I will sustain you there. The beasts that devour as they travel in the depths will not be able to see you or harm you. 
the wave that you will mount and ride will take you to a higher vantage point to see the true state of the world. That wave will take you into the conflict between my kingdom and the kingdoms of this earthly world. Yes, all kingdoms. The one that's conquering and the one that is conquered. (laughs) Yes, they're all kingdoms of the world. You will have the skill and the balance to ride the wave that will crash into your world, washing away multitudes. Some will see you riding the wave and will recognize the truth of the warnings you have been giving. If they see you atop the wave far off, they will flee inland and to higher ground. These will be drenched and choked by the flood, but they will survive because of the intercession you offered on their behalf to facilitate their escape as they fled, acknowledging the truth of your warnings. Take note, I will call you into the deep water where you will meet the swell and then ride it when it breaks into a wave. That wave will carry you far inland and far up into the mountains. Those who survive this first wave must be called up and out of the defilement quickly. Soon after this wave passes, the beach and the ocean floor will again become dry. Well, I think that's where we are now. We can't do anything about the people who are dying except pray for those that we believe the Lord would bring into the kingdom and so on and so forth. But uh, that is an ongoing disaster now. Okay. And uh, coming is a worse, far worse disaster. So the floor ocean floor will again become dry, and many foolish people will rejoice that the danger is past. They will run onto the ocean floor to pick up the newly exposed treasure that was once hidden there. They will stretch out their blankets on the broad sand beaches to uh, soak up the leisure and the sun. Too late, They will look up as they hear the sound of a great roar. They will have no time and no escape when the tsunami rushes toward them with insurmountable height and with crushing power. Those who sought shelter from the first wave and those who heeded the warnings of the first drenching will have found safety in the high ground. They will have a time of peace in which they can labor for a short time. Those who remained on the beach, absorbed in the idols of the world, will perish. Evil will be enraged at the losses it suffers in the first wave and in the tsunami. Did you hear that? See, God is in control of the tsunami, and He uh, he is judging the evil. He is removing those who are hindering the gospel. Okay. She said, Very quickly, evil powers will regroup to attack the survivors and to create a more wicked population of the offended to become their followers. Mm-hmm. 
Lots of people are going to be offended because they see that what was proposed to be their salvation actually ended up bringing uh, destruction. I believe this second wave is that destruction. My chosen ones will need great endurance, courage, faith, and patience to overcome in this time. Miracles will abound in their midst. My heavenly forces will set up ambushes and diversions so that my little ones can escape from the nets of the entrappers. Yes, they are. Watch and pray, listen and obey. However, do not be offended by what you see me doing in the coming days. I will take from the earth those souls that need to depart before the difficult days. Some will come up to formulate warfare. Others will come up now to be hidden in the peace of my kingdom forever, lest they be lost to me by their hardened hearts of deceived offense when the severe challenges fall upon the earth. I will decide who will come and how they will come to me. Again, do not be offended. Uh, There are many offended out there now because they couldn't get their way. They couldn't live after their flesh. And there are those who stood in their way. And so they decided like they have against the prophets all the way back to the beginning to do away with them, right? It will seem as if I am ignoring your prayers at times. It will seem as if I have closed my eyes and abandoned you in a place of defeat. It will not be so. I will be measuring. I will be proving. I will be honoring. I will be humiliating. I will be establishing. I will be strengthening. I will be freeing. I will be weighing. You will not be able to understand what I am doing. You may not see the strategy behind uh, being accomplished. Uh, your flesh may not approve of what I allow or bring forth. Do not be offended and do not judge what I am doing or you will fall into error. My ways are higher and my strategies are surer than anything you can imagine. Trust me, obey me, believe in me. I will bring you through the deep water. I will bring you over the drenching water and I will save you from the crushing water. Know that I am with you and that your welfare is my concern, even as I am concerned for the ungathered harvest. Trust that I will care for every detail and leave nothing unfinished. No evil left unjudged. No evil left to claim victory. And this on February the 8th, uh, 2022, um, the comments that she gave. After reading both the dream and the rhema from seven years ago, seven being the Hebrew number for completion, I'm certain you can see the parallels, the foreshadows, the signs, and some of the fulfillments of these prophecies in our present day. 
The question arises as to whether we are in the first tsunami or facing the second one. Surely we are seeing people dying from this COVID conspiracy. We are seeing evil being exposed and people being greatly seduced by deception. We are seeing structures being destroyed as well as a potential setup for a great cleansing of our world from evil powers, whether it is wave number one or wave number two, our response is the same, trust and obedience. So, personally, I believe that uh, COVID vaccine was the first wave and still is. It's ongoing, right? And the war is the second wave. And I believe Christians should get out of the leftist deep state cities because Putin knows who his real enemies are, as I've explained before. The Russian Duma, by the way, is offering consideration to any U.S. states that want to defect to the Russian Federation and join them. This is because they uh, are not bluffing, they are planning an invasion. Okay, and they want people that will submit without having to make war on certain states, believe it or not. Okay. Okay, so going on, uh, she said, No fear, we are to shout the warnings and to intercede for the deceived and the blinded. Idolatry surely is the open door that Satan is using to gain access to our world in this hour. I pray that you will seek the Lord for his revelation about these two pieces of prophecy, which seem to be uh, speaking a now word from so many years ago. Yahweh uh, wants us to understand that what is going on around us right now. And the season of it, uh, even if we don't understand the how and the why of it all, we can trust that the Lord is in the midst of all this trouble, believing that he is doing a new thing which will benefit his children. Let, let's allow the water of the Holy Spirit to carry us where he will position us to ride on top of the incoming tsunami. If you think you can't swim, if you are afraid of deep water and the, deep, and the sea monsters, if you are afraid of heights, if you can't stand to see destruction of some things that are familiar and comfortable, brace yourself. The tsunami warning has sounded from heaven. Evil will be exposed and judged. Many people will be taken off of the earth through death in the days yet to come. We must not be offended nor become angry towards the Lord for these things that will take place. We need to praise Him for His mercy and completely trust in His wisdom and love. He has told us that this will be the best time in the midst of the worst time. All right. Okay. Yahweh is the one who 
record books in the high kingdom declare the time and the circumstances of our individual births and deaths. And those details are not to be a concern for us. He is a loving and merciful Father. He is holding us in His hands, even as our very heart beats are held between His fingers. If He tells us to watch the horizon and to note the signs that will appear, we must do that. If He tells us to warn those around us of the incoming disaster and then run to this high ground again, we must obey immediately. If He calls us to swim out into the deep water, we must take to the water immediately and swim in the direction He indicates. If He calls us to be surrendered and carried by the outgoing tide, we must yield in faith to that obedience. If He calls us to hide upon the incoming tsunami, we can be certain that He will enable us to do that. The only thing that we must do is to trust and obey. Our obedience must be instantaneous as well as complete. There can be no obedience hesitancy when it comes to this incoming tsunami. While many will seek to ignore or to overrun the tsunami, we are being called to ride upon it. The flood will take us to the mountain and to the opportunities that will appear with the coming revival. And when the evil is exposed and washed away, if we are dealing with the first wave, we will need to be expectant and prepared for the second one to follow quickly after this flood subsides. Amen. Well, I don't believe it's going to subside uh, in that way. I do believe the man-child ministry uh, and uh, those that he raises up will heal many people who are dying of this. Okay. But as far as it being passed on, it is going to be passed on. And as we see in the book of Revelation, it is identified by a loss of great death. You know. Okay, this vaccine death wave is far from over, and it is multiplying. And uh, she says, may, may the Lord's presence be with you and within you increase in these days. May our love for Him and for each other increase. May our hope be solidified, and may our joy increase. May a consuming passion for seeing Yahweh's glory uh, manifest in our midst. Be gloriously satisfied. Amen. Well, I'm going to share with you about man-child is coming to finish the job. Hosea 5, 6 through 15. They shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek the Lord. But they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. As we know from Hosea, um, also, uh, chapter the end of chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6, uh, he has been apparently uh, absent, but not spiritually so. 
Uh, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have borne strange children. Well, this speaks of the apostate Christians, the Samaritans of our day, who have replaced the real people of God, who were taken into captivity, basically. Um, these people who have been raised up by their usurper leaders, who don't look like, talk like, or think like Jesus, so that the Lord has to bring judgment. Because the people that they're raising up don't look like, talk like, walk in the power of uh, Jesus. And as we see today, Deep State Babylon has attacked apostate Christianity with this pestilence, which would have uh, never been a problem if they'd have held to the Word. They are following their leaders instead of the Lord's Word, and now they are dying because of it. Okay. Okay, the verse goes on. Now shall the new moon devour them with their fields. And verse 9, Ephraim. Well, Ephraim is uh, the northern ten tribes who worship a false Jesus and made ministers out of those who are not ordained. They're not Levites. That's what they did. Uh, so Ephraim shall become a desolation in the day of rebuke among the tribes of Israel. Have I made known that which shall surely be? The princes of Judah are like them that remove the landmark. As you know, uh, the Assyrians also conquered Judah, uh, but not the bride, uh, Jerusalem. But these princes have removed the landmark. They, they removed the boundaries set by the word. We should be constrained by the word of God to be obedient to him. If, you, if everybody can do what's right in his own eyes, well, that's what you, when you end up with judgment and catastrophes. I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. Ephraim is oppressed. He is crushed in judgment. There it is, crushed like a tsunami, because he was content to walk after man's command. Yes, they did, and this is costing them dearly. Verse 12, Therefore am I unto Ephraim as a moth, and to the house of Judah as rottenness. Well, our garments, by the way, um, represent our works. Their moth-eaten garments do not cover their flesh. They have not put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, When Ephraim saw his sickness, and Judah saw his wound. Then went Ephraim to Assyria and sent to King Jerob. But he is not able to heal you, neither will he cure you of your wounds. We'll talk about that a little bit later. For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and that lion, of course, was Assyria and as a young lion to the house of Judah. In other words, a little less threat to Judah. Right? I, even I, will tear and go away. 
So the Lord is behind the Assyrian. Isaiah chapter 10 tells you that the Lord raised them up to chasten his people, bring them to repentance. I will tear and go away, which he said in Hosea chapter 6, 1 through 3, is where he came back as the latter rain. Okay? I will carry off, and there shall be none to deliver. I will go and return to my place. There it is till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. And in their affliction, they will seek me earnestly. So these tsunamis that are coming are an affliction that will cause a revival, a repentance, and a return to the Lord. The first fruits man-child and bride companies must intercede for the people of God that they acknowledge their offenses towards God, and that they will seek His face earnestly, and then the anointed man-child will come. Here it is, Hosea 6, 1-3. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. There it is. He hath smitten, and He will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And on the third day, which is where we are now, the third thousand year day, he will raise us up and we shall live before him. A great promise. And let us know, let us follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is as sure as the morning. It's the morning of the third day. Okay, which is where we are now. And he will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. So, this is how the Lord is coming. He's not coming in the air. He is coming in the man-child ministers as the latter rain. And, of course, they look like Jesus. They're not strange children. They look like Jesus. They talk like Jesus. They walk like Jesus. They do miracles like Jesus. They're not strange children. Just as he came in Jesus, the man-child, in the former reign. So we're having a repeat of history here, Uh, except the characters are multiplied, as they must be as more and more people fill the earth, right? But history must repeat. So what we have learned this far is that the movement through Cyrus to bring down the factious Edomite Babylon deep state is running into much opposition around the world. We know from Scripture that the Edomites fall through the hand of uh, David's man-childs. That is, those people who are like David in that he conquered the Edomites and they are the man-child company in whom the Lord will do this work. And what we need to do now is to repent and pray in the anointed man-child. Mordecai, who will raise up Esther, the bride, who makes request to the king of kings. The king then gives them authority over the beast kingdom, as happened in Esther. Esther 7, 1-10 says, So, The king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther, the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, 
What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request. So she's praying for the, uh, the people of God. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. Verse 5. Then spake the king Ahasuerus, and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, An adversary and an enemy, even this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the couch whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he even force the queen before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Okay, the great threat of the beast against the bride. And God laid a trap. <laughs> and uh, then said Harbona, one of the chamberlains that were before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who spake good for the king, uh, standeth in the house of Haman. And the king said, Hang him thereon. Well, the leadership of the faction fell into their own trap, as God has said. Amen. Verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. So from here, Mordecai and Esther were given the authority over the beast body, meaning the deep state and the factious people. Uh, we see the same thing in Joel chapter 2, where the beast has conquered the apostate people of God, the northern ten tribes, and is intent on conquering Jerusalem, the bride. But God hears their cry and saves them, destroying the northern army. Mm-hmm. Joel 2, uh, 1 through 21. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion... Trumpet is an alarm of a advancing enemy, right? And it's being blown in Zion. They know, they perceive, um, as she who stood on top of the wave, what was coming. And uh, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the dawn spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, 
there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after them, even to the years of many generations. So, in the natural course, this was the Assyrian army who conquered the northern ten apostate tribes and entered Judah, but was slaughtered by God when they prepared to attack the bride, Jerusalem. And, of course, we we know that the deep state has every intent to destroy Christianity all over the world. And um, they've been thwarted a few times in our sight. Okay? As when Obama was invading the country with Muslims to take it over, for that was thwarted. Verse 6. At their presence, the peoples are in anguish. All faces are waxed pale. Verse 10. The earth quaketh before them. Well, as we will see, the man, child, and bride are revealed at this time, and our dreams and the scriptures show us that the Lord comes in the man, child, with earthquakes. Verse 12. Yet even now, says the Lord, turn ye unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. In other words, at the approaching disaster of uh, the enemy who wants to destroy the people of God. And rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness. And repenteth him of the evil, who knoweth whether he will not turn and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meal offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the assembly. Assemble the old men, gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth from his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Hmm. Well, notice that as we have already seen, after repentance, the man-child in whom the groom lives and the bride are revealed, uh, let the the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thy heritage to reproach, that the nation should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Okay. Well, this is the Assyrian army, which we believe represents the deep state. As we can see, they are marching through and killing as many, especially apostate Christians. Really, those are the important ones. The whole earth exists for them, you see. But God's going to take them down. The man-child is coming. And uh, I believe the man-child um, is going to speak this war. I believe this war is going to take down the wicked, the leftists, uh, the the leftist cities. I've spoken about that before. Uh, I'm telling God's people to get out of the leftist city. The curse is coming upon those cities. Okay, and of course, these are the deep state leftist cities, right? 
So wherefore should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Yeah. Then was the Lord jealous for his land, and had pity on his people. And the Lord answered, and said unto his people, Behold, I will send you grain, and new wine, and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more take, make you a reproach among the nations. But I will remove far off from you the northern army, and will drive it into a land barren and desolate. It's four part into the eastern sea, and its hinder part into the western sea. And its stench shall come up, and its ill savor shall come up, because it hath done great things. Do you suppose uh, when this war happens and Putin uh, retaliates because the deep state has fired a nuclear missile at them and they retaliate and he hits the leftist cities out there uh, and uh, with nukes uh, that these people will flee and why uh, to the eastern and the western coast? Why would they flee like that? Do you suppose it could be? Because of uh, nuclear and biological attacks? Hmm, maybe. So anyway, let me say this anyway. This is as Pharaoh and his army and the deep state and their army go down into the Red Sea. Why would they head to the eastern and western seas? Hmm, good question. Uh, something wrong with them being on the land, huh? That's why there's probably this nuclear biological attack. But and, and by the way, God says he's going to wipe these people out. They are uh, the Edomites, uh, the political Edomites and the uh, so-called Christian Edomites who hate God's people. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord hath done great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. So, after this disaster, we can see that there is repentance, uh, uh, as we're going to see uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, and uh, the fruit will be born in the, what, the wilderness. Be glad, then, ye children of Zion, that's the bride, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he giveth you the former rain in just measure, and he causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. We know that the Lord is coming as the latter rain, he said, Hosea 6, uh, 2 and 3. And uh, he's coming in the man-child. So here, here you have it. Here you see it. And we see that it is here that the man-child brings forth the latter rain revival to the bride as the deep state beast is conquered and the people of God bear much fruit under the man-child's teaching as it was in the former rain under Jesus. History just repeats. And the floor shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine. This is a great revival. And oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. They represent the curse on God's people because of their rebellion. 
and the bride will be restored from the years of the curse as it was when they came out from under Pharaoh to follow Moses, the man-child. And there was not one feeble one among them. There was a restoration. Joseph, uh, Moses himself, you know, was um, was very strong. In uh, he, his natural force was not abated, uh, nor his eye dimmed. In other words, these people came out of Egypt healthy and whole, because what that army was smitten. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and shall praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. So, heretofore, he was addressing Zion, the bride, and now he is including Israel, the church. The church will return to their spiritual capital city, the bride, headed by the man-child, like David over uh, Jerusalem, the bride, right? And that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else, and my people shall never be put to shame. Oh, please, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So as we can see, modern spiritual Israel will come to disrespect their apostate leadership who led them to destruction by encouraging them to go get vaccinated so that they could safely meet together again and bring their tithes. So these apostate leaders in the church were not teaching them all along about faith and the truth about healing from the Word of God, which the man-child reformer ministries will demonstrate. And the condition for deliverance from the plagues is obedience to the principles of God, and the man-child will teach them. Exodus 15 and 26 If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his eyes, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I have put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Psalm 103, 2-5 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Did, now listen, Jesus was not uh, a physician. They lied. He was a healer. He was an iatros, meaning a healer. Okay, he was not a physician. He never practiced medicine. Okay, he healed by the command so that no one got uh, the glory for it but God, right? He forgiveth all thy iniquities, healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy desire with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Youth being renewed is the restoration uh, from this army 
of the curse that has come against God's people, the righteous shall receive this youth renewed. As we just read in Joel. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his body upon the tree that we having died unto sins might live unto righteousness and by whose stripes ye were healed. So, the people will blame the apostate preachers for their pain and suffering in the death of their family members and the fact that they wasted their lives for many years not growing up in God because they were told the Word of God wasn't true anymore. It all passed away with the apostles, so on and so forth. So they will understand that the curses have come upon them because of their ignorance and idolatry and their blind faith in following a man rather than reading their Bibles for themselves to discern good and evil. Mm -hmm. So judgment begins in the house of God, right? True. 1 Peter 4, 12-19 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial among you, which cometh upon you to prove you, as though a strange thing happened unto you. Some people still think it's a strange thing. But insomuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, rejoice, that at the revelation of his glory also you may rejoice with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are ye, because the Spirit of glory and the Spirit of God resteth upon you. For let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler in other men's matters. Hmm. But if a man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory glorify God in this name. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begin first at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Wherefore, let them also that suffer according to the will of God commit their souls in well-doing unto a faithful Creator. Yes, the cross is an example of that. Yeah. Draining the church swamp is the most important thing to God, and this is why the man-child needs to come now, and we need to pray him in, right? <laughs> uh, well, Missy asked the question on 10.24.21, why... Hasn't the man-child been anointed yet? I asked Missy to clarify her question, and she said that basically she was asking, why hasn't the man-child been manifested in his man-child ministers yet? <laughs> she received by faith at random for this question, uh, Job 32:21 and 22. And her finger was on the last phrase. Let me not, I pray you, respect any man's person. Neither will I give flattering titles 
unto any man. They're all grabbing all these titles. Oh, my goodness, there's apostles and prophets everywhere. There's pastors everywhere, too, that aren't pastors either. Uh, For I know not to give it to give flattering titles. Yeah, all those letters behind their names. Else would my maker soon take me away. Oh. Now, we don't need to glorify man. So Missy said uh, she feels this text is pointing out that many Christians are misplacing their hopes and admirations uh, in their religious leaders and that Trump is coming back as president to save them from the deep state beast rather than crying out to the Lord to be their savior. The Lord can use any method he wants, and we know he's going to give victory to Cyrus. Uh, So we're not even worried about that. But um, we should be calling upon the Lord to bring to pass what we know the Scripture says, right? And Eve received by faith at random on 10.25.21, Psalm 119.120, on down. Okay, and in context, we'll read 118 through 128. Thou hast set it not all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. I have done justice and righteousness. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for thy righteous word. Deal with thy servant according unto thy loving kindness and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It's time for the Lord to work, for they have made void thy law. Yeah, by their traditions they did this, Jesus said. And again today, same thing. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. There you go. All Everything God says is right. Let God be true and every man a liar. Right? And I hate every false way. There are many false ways out there. Okay? So we need to get ready for God's Great Reset. And um, this is uh, a word from Kolya, September the 14th, 2021. Rhema Word, 9-13-21, entrusted to Kolya, released just prior to Yom Kippur. Little ones, are you ready for my hard reset of your world? It is best that you prepare now For in an instant of my choosing, the brakes on this runaway world will suddenly be applied down to the floor, to the foundations. 
bringing this global wickedness to an abrupt halt. When that happens, there will be a hard tossing about with slamming, banging, and pain for those who are not braced, awake, and aware. Well, this this reminds me of Eve's dream of the U.S.-slash-China train that came to a sudden halt. <laughs> yes. She went on to say, Do you remember the report of the loud shrieks of horror and mourning that arose in Egypt's night at the death of their firstborn? Truly, I say unto you, it shall happen again on a worldwide scale as I bring forth the disclosure of the truth that will shatter hearts, minds, idols, and strongholds by the power of truth that will not be held back, modified, or contained behind closed doors. The cries of anguish and despair will finally bring the level of breaking necessary for the people to realize how wickedly they have been deceived and how eagerly they have ingested the poisons promoted by the deceivers. Yeah, on both sides, let me say. There's a bunch of liars up there. That's the only way they think they can fight a war is lie to each other. So they will think that all is lost as they see the price that they have paid for their blindness, stubbornness, pride, and fear. As no household was untouched by the grief arising throughout Egypt at the time of the first Passover, so shall it soon be in our day. Only the households that heeded my warning and those who obeyed my voice will be spared the depths of the pain. The righteous will mourn and grieve for those around them. They will weep for those across the world who will be writhing in unspeakable agony of soul in the realization of the pit into which they have fallen. I will allow the righteous to feel the pain of seeing the losses among those whom they love, but I will not allow them to go into the deepest depths of sorrow of soul pain, only into the depths of intercession that will lessen the pain in others. My compassion will undertake. Have I not said that those who did not love the truth would fall into deception? Too few believed my word regarding that matter. As I am the first truth whom they are to love, those who have had a shallow, fickle affection for me will find out the grave consequences of being casual uh, about truth and without true love, and the results of accepting as fact only those things that fit into their own grid, into their prideful grid of comfort and human knowledge. They will feel horrifically betrayed, and oh, well they should. Their own souls have betrayed them because their love of my truth and of my reality was only partial. 
In the pain of their consequences, they will have the opportunity to exchange an appreciation of truth for a committed love of the truth. Not only am I truth and love, but I am also justice and commitment. Human justice and convenient human commitment will be humiliated through what is to be revealed soon. The deep falsehoods in the human premises will be shattered as my truth comes down like a hammer. Truth will not come down as a soft rain, for rain requires years to erode rock and to move mountains from their place. There is no time for that now. A rock smasher and a mountain crusher are needed to awaken the sleepers and to expose the truth before all is lost. Oh, praise the Lord. Bring it on, Lord. It just has to come, right? Amen. The enemy has been working his plans with wicked brilliance. I have allowed it to unfold in order to entrap him and all those who are in league with him. The lies which have provided the glue to secure their wicked plans and mandates of unholy power are about to be changed into a slime. That slime will be powerless to hold their deceptions together. The road which has been cemented into place through their deceit will begin to sink and separate. Where then will they walk in their prideful power? Who will join them on that slimy road once the truth is exposed? All this will come, but first the howls and tears must come to soften the hardened hearts and to bring them to the melting point in the laser light of hot truth. My way is righteous and wise. You must trust me. The fear of me has been replaced with the fear of man. The awe of me has been replaced with the awe of inventions and technology. The awareness of human vulnerability has been replaced with an awe of intellectual prowess and confidence. All of these strongholds of wicked false worship and of arrogant disregard of me, all of the strategies designed to supplant and to replace me, will be brought down into dust. What, Lord? <laughs> no no med beds? <laughs> yeah, what about uh, the salvation through all of these inventions and technology, right? Well, the Lord doesn't need med beds, obviously, or any of the rest of this. He is a complete and perfect Savior. She went on to say, It is good to be down on your knees in this hour as the final round of increased shaking takes place. On your knees you will be properly positioned before me. Those on their knees will not be knocked down as the world rocks. Their personal kingdoms will not fall down upon their heads. The, the postpone of submitted humility will be the place of safety for those who seek me 
and who abide in me. But be advised, what is about to take place will greatly disquiet your souls. Do not allow the pain you see manifesting in the multitudes, nor the shrieks of those you love, because you mistrust or despise me. Trust me that the process I bring forth will set my great harvest into place. Go to your knees soon and remain in a spiritual posture of humility before me as these days unfold. The enemy of your souls will be put up uh, will put up an even greater fight to retain power and to seize even more. I have already declared the boundary set against this advance and have put that boundary into place. It will not be moved by him nor by any of his associates. It will be it will stand firm for I have decreed it. Well, as we saw, this boundary is the bride. And as in my vision of 2007, the boundaries of the catastrophes were the refuge, which included the bride. And uh, the apostate church is coming back to be under the bride as they were originally ordained to be. Get out of the way of what I'm about to allow and do. Move into a place of safety as I direct you. Do not fear and do not depend upon your own survival strategies. Simply abide in me and be well. I will not allow more than you can handle. Have I not entrusted the words of truth in Psalm 91 to be a Holocaust blanket? and a sure safety to surround you? Declare those words and find safety in the shelter of those promises. Know that the wailing of the masses will seek to disquiet you and to take you into fear and doubt. Do not go there, but rather profess your faith and stay in the Spirit at all times. Lock down in me and hold. Gather in those who are standing, but who are weakening. Be a support of faith for each other. Share the treasure and the provision which I have given to you for this hour. What I provide will be more than enough. Entrust your troubled heart to me. I will hold it securely and will fill it with all the love and hope you will need. And know this, I am fully in control. There is nothing out of my hand, plan, or notice. There will be many who have been on the fringes of faith who will declare that my way is not good. They will feel the horror of unveiling and then cry out that I am cruel for allowing such things. I am more compassionate and patient, more loving and kinder than any of you can fathom. My path is a hard one, because the rebellion is very deep and widespread. 
consuming a great portion of humankind. Unless there is a clearly visual manifestation revealing where the influences of rebellion and deceit have taken your world, the changes in hearts will be only temporary and shallow. There are lessons to be learned. There are people to be reborn. There are powers of great evil embedded into every facet of human life that must be disclosed and stripped. As a result, these painful measures are necessary. I will allow only the smallest level of suffering required to bring the vital changes. The length and depth of human suffering will be determined by the speed at which the hearts and minds submit to the purpose of the shakings. See to it that you lovingly, clearly tell the ignorant and the arrogant the truth about what is happening and about what will yet happen. If you do not speak the truth to them, the hollow spaces formed within their human souls because of the shaking will be quickly filled with more lies, bringing more rebellion and more defiance against me. Cooperate with my plan to bring a great awakening and see the glory come to your world as a result. Hold on tight to me. The most violent shaking is about to come. In the warfare that is coming, and this is me, uh, there will be violent earthquakes, which they are very capable of making and to say nothing of the nukes going off, okay? So we should know that God is sovereign, and He will take care of us, like Psalm 91, which is mentioned. Hold, rest in me, and do not withhold the truth from the terrified and perishing. The deceptions that have held them are about to crack. Oh, thank you, Father. The trauma and terror of it will bring forth good fruit as we work together. All will be well. Trust, stand, obey, and believe. I am with you, and I am in charge. In the final analysis, you will bless me for what I am about to allow, as well as that which I am about to bring forth from my own hand. Hold and thank me in advance for the glory which is soon to come to your world to change everything. Well, we know prayer changes things. Um, you heard the decree. Will you be an Esther and change the decree? Well, to some extent, that will be possible, but the Scriptures still have to be fulfilled. But they don't have to always be fulfilled as judgment upon you, right? They can be fulfilled as judgment upon others. So, like Esther, we need to intercede for our families and the people of God that they repent and accept God's Word and turn this thing around. Many times God changes a decree 
when touched by faith. Pray for your loved ones and cover them. All things are possible to him that believeth. We have prayed for people who have taken both both shots and seen healings. We've prayed for those who were infected by those who got the jab and seen healings. So we have prayed for lost friends and seen healings. Some people who got the shots got placebos and show no infection whatsoever. Some only got the the first shot and show less trouble. Cry out for mercy and God answers. Uh, The revival of the man-child ministries will heal many when they believe. God in Mark 11 and 24 is still true. Wherefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. I have an article here, all fully vexed, die, losing immunity to everything. Only God has the cure. That's a UBM article that we put together. Apostates repent under judgment. This is a a very good revelation. We are constantly receiving judgment verses against the apostate church, and through this repentance comes a recognition of their true leadership and blessing. Here's one. uh, Circumstances of the church at the time of the coming of the Lord Uh, in the latter rain, man-child. This is the circumstances around the church, right? Hosea 6 and 1, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. Yes, amen. He hath torn, and he will heal us. And he hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and on the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live before him. Let us know, let us follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is as sure as the morning. Again, the morning of the third day where we are now. And he will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. An outpouring of the latter rain is coming. And that is the coming of the Lord. As the former rain man-child, Jesus came filled with the Spirit. So the latter rain anointed Jesus in the man-child body shall come to judge and restore his wandering people. God ordered his leadership to tarry in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, which was his Holy Spirit, to lead them before they went to minister in power. And the apostate church say they have received this, but with no signs following, so it's just more of their lies. When uh, a people receive what they received in the book of Acts, they go forth and they do what they did in the book of Acts, which is signs and wonders and miracles and healings and so on and so forth. Guidance power, anointing, boldness, etc. So, a little background. 
like the apostate, non-spirit-filled church of our day, the northern ten tribes of Israel worshipped the golden calf, believing that it was the Lord, and uh, made priests out of unordained people who were not of the Levites, and were called Ephraim, and later Samaria. And they factioned against Judah and its rightful king, but were conquered by Assyria to stop them, as in Isaiah chapter 7. God sent the Assyrian beast to save God's people from these um, this evil leadership. Hosea 5, 1 through 7 and 4. Hear this, O ye priests, and hearken, O house of Israel, and give ear, O house of the king, for unto you pertaineth the judgment. For you have been a snare at Mizpah, and a net spread upon Tabor. And the revolters are gone deep in making slaughter. Of who? Of Judah. They had struck out against Judah. These uh, reckless, evil people, right? Uh, but I am a rebuker of them all. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hid from me. For now, Ephraim, thou hast played the harlot. Israel is defiled. Yes, notice Ephraim and Israel, they are defiled. And that's true today. Uh, in that they receive the seed of the world and not the, the seed of their husband, right? Jesus. The Word of God should be all-powerful in the church and uh, always obeyed. The traditions of men need to be thrown out. But the things that have been are the things that shall be. The things that have been done are the things that shall be done. There's no new thing under the sun. There's still a band of Pharisees and Sadducees running the the uh, physical kingdom here on earth, right? God's going to change all that. Their doings will not suffer them to turn unto their God, for the spirit of whoredom is within them, and they know not the Lord. And the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore Israel and Ephraim shall stumble in their iniquity. Judah also shall stumble with them. But not Jerusalem, the bride, in whom uh, was the Spirit of God, right? They shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He shall withdraw himself from them. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have borne these strange children. Look at them. Look at the Word of God. Read it. Look at these people. They claim to be the inheritors of the word of the Lord. But they continually slice it up, dice it up, and throw it away. And they don't look like their father. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall they do also. Right? And he goes on to say, To sound an alarm at Beth Haven behind thee, O Benjamin, Ephraim shall become a desolation in the day of rebuke. Among the tribes of Israel have I made known that which shall surely be. The princes of Judah are like them that remove that landmark. Remember? 
So the Spirit-filled churches have removed the boundaries set by the Word. They are not constrained by God's Word. It was like that with the false revival movement or the false prophetic movement. God's doing a new thing was one of their favorite phrases. But there is no new thing under the sun. It might be new to you, but it's not new. And uh, so they changed the word. When people tried to hold their feet to the fire with the word, uh, they said God's doing a new thing. They were totally deceived. Um, God has not changed his word. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change for the whims of men or their revivals that they want to claim, right? And the faction movement's the same thing. They just totally ignore the word. You can give the word to them. It goes over them and doesn't touch them. They have no conscience whatsoever. So the boundaries have been removed. I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. Ephraim is oppressed. He is crushed in judgment because he was content to walk after man's command. Yes, I'm repeating this for a purpose. And by adding to and taking from the word to make their dead religion, right? Therefore am I unto them as a as the moth that eats holes in their garment that you can see flesh through. Uh, their flesh is seen. Anybody that's familiar with the word can see flesh through this garment that they make. We know the Scripture says that we are making a garment by our actions and by our words and by our deeds. And uh, that garment should be Jesus Christ. He said, The works that I do shall they do also. So therefore His garment is supposed to be our garment. Right? And to the house of Judah as rottenness, which is death, And when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then went Ephraim to Assyria and sent to King Jerob. There it is again. But he is not able to heal you, neither will he cure you of your wound. Why is it that they were not able to heal? Jerob, again, is is not a a name of a king but a title. And um, it was speaking of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. Second uh, Kings eighteen and nineteen, and Rabshakeh said unto them, Say ye now to Hezekiah, Thus saith the king, the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trusteth? Why was Assyria not able to heal them? That is the northern ten tribes, the rebellion against the Lord, because they did not repent. Okay. They did not repent. He did not bring them to repentance. He did not save them. Nothing nothing out there can save us from what is coming except repentance. There are people who are plotting and scheming to escape these judgments. They're uh, storing up everything that they think they need. It'll keep them through these times to come and and they've got their guns and their weapons, and they've got all this, and they, you know, go to hide in the woods, you know, and so on, such and so on. 
And none of this is going to save people that God has redeemed um, and they don't know it and they won't receive it. None of this will help them except repentance and receiving of that redemption. And uh, so the, the fire is turned up. He said, For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion. And that, as I told you before, is the Assyrian Empire, which devoured them. And it was also uh, like, like an eagle will I go against them. And, of course, again, the eagle was the United States itself. And uh, it was also the symbol of Babylon. Uh, it was also the symbol of Hitler. You know, he had on his staffs these eagles at the top, you know, and all this. Uh, so you can see that he uses these very evil things to come against the people of God. And there must be repentance. And um, so Ephraim was taken captive to Assyria, but this didn't cure them. Okay. I will go and return unto my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me earnestly. In their affliction. Affliction must come. Even while they think they're going to fly away and never go through anything harsh, they're desperately trying to save their flesh, which we must lose. In order to gain our life, we must lose our life. That old fleshly life. And uh, we must be delivered of that old man. We go into the promised land to put him to death. And we should not back off until it's done. I uh, met a, a brother. Um, I'm not going to say who he is, but um, he was a preacher. He was a Baptist preacher. And uh, he and his church um, all took the, uh, we, I tried to talk him out of it, but he and his church all took the, um, the vaccine. And he suddenly became sick with all kinds of things, even to the point where he told me, he said, David, I don't think I'm going to live much longer. You know, everything was failing him, you know. And... Uh, but he couldn't. He didn't dare die in the state he was in, and so the Lord really opened me up and anointed me to talk to him about the unforgiveness that he had for this other preacher who had fallen away and was no longer a preacher, but he was um, of the same religion. And these two had a feud going on. They had a hatred going on. They were blaming each other for all the bad things, you know, and so on and so forth. And I told him, I said, um, you know, um, the Bible says, if we don't forgive, we are not forgiven. And uh, if you're not forgiven, then the curse of the book are upon you. And uh, this is true of everyone. And um, if you forgive from the heart the tormentors, which are the demons, 
will not be able to torment you, according to Matthew eighteen thirty four and 35. This man would not forgive his brother, and so um, the Lord turned him over to the tormentors, he and his family over to the tormentors. He was listening. He was listening carefully. And I I wondered whether he was thinking I was talking about the other preacher who wasn't forgiving him. But uh, I found out the next day that, no, he was thinking about himself. And what brought him to this, I believe, was this sickness. And the fact that he thought he was not going to live much longer. I I know in his self-righteous state, he would have never even considered me talking to him like that. Of course, he had all the letters behind his name, you know, and I've got none, so... Um, but because of the misery he was going through and the fact that he had uh, two joints that were gone and both knees were going, and, um, oh, gosh, I forget all the stuff he told me he went through and the operations he got and all that stuff. All of this was since the vaccine. This time he told me, he said, I found out that vaccine was nothing. In other words, it didn't protect him from none of these things that came upon him. And that's what I told him in the beginning. That um, he should um, be careful and, and avoid all that and trust in the Lord, you know. Well, um, I see it did him some good. And even the other guy who... Um, hated me for some reason. I mean, I never did anything bad to him or anything. I just talked to him, was friendly with him and so on. But I could just feel it, you know. He was an apostate preacher who had uh, fallen uh, totally away from the Lord. And uh, so the Lord changed his heart towards me, too. And uh, he seemed pleasant the last time I saw him. The last couple of times I saw him, as a matter of fact, uh, before he didn't even want to talk to me, he would just turn around and walk away in my presence. And I knew, of course, it was his Antichrist spirit that was clashing with mine, my spirit. And so, but uh, the last time he was better. And I did pray for him. And I did pray for this preacher here, too. And um, so, you know, people go through misery. They are more maybe 100% more likely to turn to the Lord and pay attention to His Word. And, uh, you know, these preachers believe that in many cases they, they're, they're the cream of the crop. You know, they, they're once saved, always saved, and uh, they really don't have to listen to anything that, that, that is negative or against what their desire is. But it's not working for them. And um, God changed them. Hosea 8, 1 through 5 says, Set the trumpet to thy mouth. As an eagle he cometh against the house of the Lord. So there you have it. Uh, The people that are the biggest danger are the people of your own land. Right? And uh, it was that 
that way with all of the prophets. Um, it wasn't uh, the beast that killed them. It was their own people that killed them, the ones that claimed to be the people of God. So God is faithful, and he's taking care of these things. I believe the repentance of the elect is coming uh, through judgment. Hosea fourteen one through 4 says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, I believe that's God's words, and return unto the Lord, and say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and accept that which is good. So will we render as bullocks the offering of our lips. Yes, they speak against the Lord. They murmur against the Lord. And uh, Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, You are our gods. For in thee the fatherless find mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For mine anger is turned away from him. And uh, Jeremiah 31, uh, 2 think maybe through, well, whatever. Thus saith the Lord, the people that were left of the sword found favor in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. In verse 6, For there shall be a day in that the watchmen upon the hills of Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout for the chief of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel, or the remnant of the church. Hear the word, O Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. For the Lord hath ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Yes, he has raised up another beast kingdom that is stronger than the church. Jacob, Israel, stronger than the church, bigger than the church. They know they can't conquer him. Jeremiah 31 and 12 says, And they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, and shall flow unto the goodness of the Lord, to the grain, and to the new wine, and to the oil, and to the young of the flock, and of the herd. And their soul shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Oh, praise the Lord. This sounds awesome. Lord, it seems like an impossible situation for so much of the church. The overwhelming majority of the church, Lord, has never received your spirit and bought all kinds of lies um, that things have passed away. But you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you still deal with men the same way. You still save, heal, deliver uh, the same way. And you want us all to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do His work. 
So, Father, we ask you in Jesus' name to do a quick work on your people who are in apostasy. Open their eyes. We know the man-child is coming in the power of Jesus Christ to do signs and wonders and miracles. And these people who have been under the Pharisees and Sadducees are going to see this. And a remnant of them is going to turn to the Lord. They'll see tremendous miracles like they did with Jesus. And they turn to Him. These people who had been raised in apostasy turn to Him. And these signs and wonders and miracles will confirm the words coming out of the mouth of the man-child. They will confirm the words. And people will have enough sense to know it. Father, we praise you. We thank you for your, your greatness to us, your mercy to us. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would grant repentance quickly to your people. Let them perceive and understand this wave that is coming. Uh, few are listening now. Few are listening. Some are seeing that they weren't protected from the first wave. And uh, and yet, they're still alive, but they weren't protected from it or delivered from it. Maybe they will see that God is not happy with their life, that He is not happy with their church because their church was getting taken out too. Amen. Multitudes of people in their church are dying. And um, uh, they... They took the recommendation of their preacher and they're dying. And uh, it's just started, really. Um, they say it's going to complete, con- continue. I think it, they said there are two and a half billion sick people from the vaccine. And... Uh, was it 10? I believe it was 20 million have died from the vaccine. So, people need to get their eyes open. I believe some people are, like this preacher. He changed his tune. And I thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing. Please, Lord, uh, draw us unto yourself. Give us your anointing, your power. Cause us to worship you. Cause us to sacrifice our lives in these days that the gospel will go forth in power. Uh, Help us, Lord. Give us the grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you, saints. We'll do this again sometime. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe.
mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you. Sacred heart in you I find. Mercy seated for all time. I am yours and you are mine. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true.